This afternoon I preach to you from the Word of God as our Lord Jesus taught it to us in Matthew 6 when he taught the church how to pray. Last week we looked at the first part, the address, Our Father in Heaven, Matthew 6, verse 9a, and now hallowed be your name. In the Catechism, Lord's Day 47, it's on page 561 in the Book of Praise, the church confesses, what is the first petition? Hallowed be your name. That is, grant us first of all that we may rightly know you and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when our Lord Jesus taught his disciples and said, pray then like this, he was focusing more on how we should pray than on exactly what we should say when we pray. And after teaching us then to address God as our Father in heaven, Jesus taught us to continue our prayer with what the Catechism calls the first petition. The word petition means a formal request to a superior power for something that we really desire. And since God is our Father in Jesus Christ and is not some distant earthly power that is only persuaded by a multitude of signatures, the petitions of our prayers can be spoken by each one of us individually to the Lord. We know that he hears us. And a petition is a request. And the first thing that we desire, we ask for from God, is that his name be hallowed. And as we look at our confession, we see that that request isn't something just thrown out there, may his name be hallowed out there, but it's a prayer for ourselves. And we see that a major part of our confession is, is that may we, may I hallow your name. And the first petition uses the word hallow to make it clear that we are asking that God's already holy name might always be recognized, treated as holy. You see, our prayers cannot make God more or less holy. And yet Jesus says that we should constantly pray for an understanding of his holy name. And only those who are washed clean in the blood of Jesus Christ, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, will grow, will desire to grow in their knowledge of the holy name of God. If you truly desire what you ask for in this first petition, that's the work of the Holy Spirit with you. And the good news that I may preach to you this afternoon is that God enlightens the eyes of our hearts to see the holiness 
of his name. And we pray that we may be aware of God's worthiness, amazed by God's work, and aligned with God's word. The Bible clearly declares that the triune God is holy and perfect. Just think of Psalm 99 or Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. The Bible is very clear that God's name is holy and worthy of all honor and praise. But even as we say these words and we know them to be true, we know also that God's holiness and his holy name is hard, difficult to understand. Because there's nothing in all of creation that we can compare God to. When we talk about God's holiness, we aren't talking, we're, not, we're talking not only about his sinlessness, his moral purity, but we are talking about the fact that he is different than everything that he created as transcendent, eternal creator who remains outside of his creation. God was holy and set apart even from Adam and Eve when there was no sin in the world and, and they were perfect. God is spirit. We read in John 4 verse 24. He is beyond the human limitations of time and form and space. He is holy. That is why there is nothing we can do to make God's name more or less holy and why we are constantly praying that we just recognize who he is, recognize his holiness, hallow his name as we think about him, as we speak to him, as we worship him. And we have this desire because in his grace the infinite, the unlimited holy God has chosen to personally interact with the creatures he made in love and to interact with us in our time and in our space and as you read in Philippians 2, even in our form when our Lord Jesus, the Son of God, took on human form. And so in all his work, God has given us in our limited understanding a little glimpse of his holiness as he, as he reached down to us in, in his grace. And this partial understanding is so wonderful. It's so exhilarating as we read God's word, as we see his name, that it causes Christians who have the Holy Spirit to pray for, for more, for an increased understanding of this name. That's what our Lord Jesus captures in that first petition. Commanded by Christ, Christians urgently ask God that they may see more and more of who he is, that, that our understanding be increased, that we be increasingly aware of his worthiness to receive our complete and eternal adoration and trust. Oh, Holy Father, we pray. Help us to grow in our understanding of how great, how worthy you are. So how do we grow in this understanding? How does God answer this first petition? Well, if you are looking for somebody who is worthy to be hired for, to work for you, 
or if you want to decide whether a so-called expert is worthy of your attention, it helps to know their history, to know their character, to know their reputation. That's why often on job applications there's references. They want references. No one shuts their ears and closes their eyes and says, I don't need to know you at all to trust you. It, no one says, I don't need to know you to consider you worthy of, of honor and praise. Well, the same is true of God and of this petition. The first request is a petition for wisdom and revelation so that we may know God better. And that's what we found in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 1. That God may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So we confess also first that we might rightly know God. Now since God has handed us a written book, the Bible, that outlines what he has accomplished, his history of steadfast love like we saw this morning in Psalm 33, his trustworthy reputation, and his ongoing work in the world and in the hearts of every one of us individually, the prayer of the first petition is that we may understand this word and that the Bible may be widely available in good translations accompanied by the faithful preaching of that truth. And along with that, we also ask God that we may understand his word and we may know how to apply the message of the gospel to our lives as we confess by sanctifying, glorifying, and praising God in all his works. To sanctify God is to set him apart or to distinguish him from all other objects of human trust and adoration. Christians regularly Ask God to give them a clear understanding how, of how God is different than the gods of the nations that are referred to in Psalm 115. We want to know how life as a servant of God is different from life when you don't believe in God. And we pray this prayer because we do not want to see the triune God in the same way that an idolater may may see the object of his or her worship, just a, a power that we need to please and calm by obeying the rules that he established and, and just living with a set of customs or, or values that we just were brought up with. We want to know the truth. We want to know God in, in his glory. We pray to the Spirit to, to carry us beyond a superficial conversion in which we simply name-swap God or Jesus with chance or riches or the name of some other God that is worshipped in the world today. In the first petition, we pray that we may sanctify our God, our Father, that we may have a worldview that is in line with the truth, the absolute truth, and that as we read in Ephesians chapter 1, that we may know the hope to which he has called us. And what are the riches of his glorious 
inheritance in the saints. We pray, Lord, help us to understand what makes you set apart and unique from every other power, every other religion, every other way of living. Help us to truly see your grace. That's the distinguishing point. God in his grace. Help us, O oh Lord, to see your grace. To glorify the name of God is to understand that God is much greater than we are. Sanctifying is to understand that he's set apart. Glorifying is to understand that he is, he is much greater than we are. We pray that we might know, and then I'll read verses 19 to 21, what is the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Help us to glorify God's name, to understand how small we are and how great he is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Glorifying God's name is, is lifting his name on high in your mind and in your heart so that you are always humble and meek before him. Praising God is now using your mouth and your actions to tell God and the world that you want to lift up his name on high. And in the first petition then, we are praying that our life may be a constant doxology, a constant rejecting of all other gods and lifting up the name of our God as the only true God. Aware of God's worthiness, we will also be equipped to be amazed by God's works. The Lord Jesus taught us to ask for recognition of the holiness of God's name. Because it's only when we start to, to hallow God in all his works that we will also be able to see his almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. That's how we confess it. Those things shine forth from his works. And as Jesus declared these things, he also teaches his church to be constantly amazed, children of God. Children who are constantly brought to their knees in adoration of all that God has revealed about himself, his name, in his word, and in all the works of his creation. As soon as we hear Jesus teaching words we realize how much we need God's help in these things. We often live so much of our lives with our heads down, we call it navel-gazing, our eyes half-closed, so focused on ourselves. We get so caught up in our own heads and our own personal experiences that, that often we notice that the Holy God gets pushed farther and farther away and He's made to be so small. Routine can dull 
our emotions. Familiar scenery quickly becomes largely unseen and underappreciated. Sometimes we show this in the way that we prepare to worship the Almighty God in our attitudes toward the worship services. How many of God's amazing blessings do we fail to see because we are simply so used to things or so tired of things, tired of the dust in our homes, tired of the rigor of the classroom, the school and the work hours that come day after day, the, the schedules, the repeated steps we follow in our work, what has been called the daily grind. As we think about this, perhaps your minds are going to those times that you had a poor attitude toward school or housework or your daily calling. And you can already see that if God answers the request of this first petition and he leads us to hallow his name, this will have a profound influence on our attitudes towards school and learning and work and worship. Can you see how these things are closely related to the desire of the first petition? Just think about school for an example to see the connection. Can you see how praying the first petition can influence your attitude as you walk into the school building or if you start a new day in your home opening the school books, maybe thinking in your mind that you, you hate French or you're dreading your math assignments or you're wishing you didn't have to participate in gym? Well, the first petition is a prayer that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened to see what God is doing in our lives. That we may see all these regular activities and studies as windows that give us glimpses of God's amazing and His glorious name. With the first petition, we pray that we might find delight in the wonders of God's almighty power in the universe, that we might that we are studying in the sciences or the depth of God's wisdom we are learning about in, in social studies and, and history. The providential goodness of God who gave us different bodies and gifts that we can use in physical education classes and, and the arts. The mercy of God that gave us, who gave us the gift of communication with structures and in different languages that we can learn so that we can work together with others. And the fact that we need to learn these because God in history has brought nations together in the same place. And we see the righteousness and the truth of God that shines forth in the study of the Christian faith as it stands in contrast to other religions and other worldviews. You see, brothers and sisters, and especially young people and children, you're not just going to school. You're not just opening a book and, and memorizing useless facts. You are adoring and worshiping God as you grow in an understanding of the depths of his glorious power, wisdom, mercy, and truth. As we pray the first petition, we are thinking of our daily activities before school, 
on our way to school, during school studies, after school. We're asking our Heavenly Father that we may always be alive, alert, attentive, delighted in all that he shows us about his glorious name, in the blessings of family, flowers, friends, facts, and food that we encounter every day. As we grow older, we do not tire of learning about the amazing intricacy of our human bodies. And as we grow older, we're sometimes forced to learn about it. We go to the doctor more often and find out why things hurt and why we have to do things differently. We stand amazed at God's name. We grow in our appreciation of the wonderful capability of the human minds that God has given us. And, and we study further. We, we're reading. We're, we're listening to ideas. We're, we're thinking of ways to save money. The various uses of the materials that God has created. Just think of your, of your job site, wherever it is you may be working, and all the different technology and the different materials and how they work together. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Bring us to our knees in adoration of all you reveal to yourself through these things. Even in the midst of tragedies, pandemics, such as the present coronavirus, our prayers to hallow God's name, they help us to, to yet gaze upon the beauty and the sovereignty of our God, to praise him for his mercy to unbelievers who may be yet driven by their fear to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, to rejoice in the peace that we may have in knowing that, that God is in control, to stand in awe of the power of his hand, to be amazed at the opportunities he gives to us as his people to show Christian love in our communities. We pray that we may be amazed by his works. And we also pray that we may be amazed by God's amazing work in our own hearts and our own lives. When we pray that God's name might be hallowed, we are praying that we may not equate being Christian with just going to church, but that we may see that in our worship we are humbly bowing in submission to the almighty creator of heaven and earth that we may call our Father in Jesus Christ, that we are coming into the presence to hear his voice spoken to us through his messenger, the, the voice of the good shepherd. We are rejoicing in the transforming, powerful work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. We pray that we may be continually amazed by God's work, amazed that Parents in, in, in the covenant community are joyfully choosing to, to raise their children in the Christian faith. Where does that come from? It's God's grace. Stand amazed that there are children that love to read the Bible, sing praises to the creator of heaven and earth, that, that young people in the midst of all the temptations in the world and all the, the voices against are willing to stand up and profess their faith in Jesus Christ, say we will follow him as our king no matter what. That Christians 
are willing to invest time, money to defend what is right. That God's children are firmly resolved to be honest and fair in their business interactions. Lord, help us to be continually amazed by your work in the church, which is Christ's body. Help us to be awake, alert, and alive to who you are. Constantly amazed at what you are doing in this world. And so align ourselves with your word, with your purpose. And when we are led by the Holy Spirit, so that the eyes of our hearts are enlightened to see the amazing holiness of God's name. We also have a strong desire to, to walk in that way, to align our lives, our thoughts, words, and actions with the truth that God revealed in his word. You could say that the Spirit leads us to truly desire to sing the same song or to reflect the same light as God revealed to our hearts in his word so that God's name, as we confess, is always honored and praised by us and because of us. Lord God, Father in heaven, we pray, don't only help us to see and know you as you really are, but also help us to live with the consequences of what we know, live according to this reality. We pray that we might be the works of God through which shine forth his almighty power and wisdom and goodness. So people may recognize that we are different. Now, although we know not many people will immediately understand that we are different because of God's work within us, we do pray as the Apostle prayed in Ephesians 1, that others may come to know the glorious inheritance that God has promised, the victory of Jesus Christ over death, his control over all things for the sake of his church. If you are visiting this afternoon, if you are listening via live stream to this message, that is the prayer of the church, that you may know the glory of God's name. And how important is that today when we live in these surreal times of a global COVID-19 pandemic, stock market slumps? How important is the, the promise of the forgiveness of sins and everlasting peace with God as it's proclaimed to us and revealed in God's name? When the younger generation is, so many of them are living in panic over fears of climate change and the thought that the planet will only be able to sustain life for another decade or two. And these are just a few of the latest fears that have captured the attention of the rich and the comfortable. But what about those who have suffered for years in absolute poverty, starvation, and war, and violence. Just think of those who first read and used the, the catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism, 
that we continue to use today when these words first found their ears, when, when infant mortality rates were, were soaring, when the legal persecution of French Reformed Huguenots was just suspended, when Jews were being driven out of Moravia, the Black Plague continued to sweep the countryside. Yet the church was praying, hallowed be your name. May the glory of your name be known by us and because of us. Until our Lord Jesus returns, the world has always been and always will be filled with darkness, with fear and suffering and injustice and violence. And that's why we pray that God's name be hallowed through us. Because as long as the church continues to follow Jesus Christ and proclaim that gospel, as long as the church is standing amazed at the holiness of his name, as, as long as you are on the work site and, and commenting on the power of God who made the wood that was, made it possible to build and frame this home, the electricity that runs through it, or the opportunity to teach your children, amazed with the holiness of God's name, as long as that continues, there will always be that hope, that light, that wonderful gospel message shining through us who pray, hallowed be your name. May the eyes of our hearts be enlightened so that we may see the holiness of God's name and faithfully reflect what we know to be true to everyone around us. May God help us, we pray, to be faithful ambassadors of the holy name of God. And may we never stop being amazed by God's name. Amen.